Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray. And I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey, hey, we're here to talk some football. My name is Ray. This is talking football with Ray. So I guess I'm going to be the one talking football with you. What's going on, all you beautiful people? I hope you're already here on this Tuesday, November the 23rd. I remember I realized yesterday that I announced yesterday's show as September the 22nd. Today is November the 23rd. It snowed here last night, people. I woke up with white shit on the ground. I was not happy. I got a shitload to talk about today, and of course, it's Tuesday. He's back. We got our boy, Lawrence Owen from Coldside. He's in the waiting room right now. He's like, Ray, get through your intro. Get me up here. I got a lot to say. Uh, he's going to talk about the Colts. He's going to talk about the Patriots. We're going to talk about the NFL in general. I want to talk about Jason Garrett being fired. I want to talk about Matt Nagy, who uh, apparently is on his way out on Thursday, even though he's denying it. A lot of stuff. And then, like, honest to God, like 25 other subjects that I want to come through. So we're going to get to that in just one second. Here on the Talking Football with Ray podcast, I'm live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. Uh, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast needs if you're watching this. Hey, you can also, in the very near future, get it at DeanBlundell.com. We're not there yet, just... But uh, setting me up. It's a done deal. I'm joining them. I was welcomed by Dean himself today. So uh, looking forward to that. But guys, first, I got to tell you, this show is brought to you by Newsbreak. Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I've been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app with the link that I left in the description. It directly supports my channel. You want transparency? I'll give you guys the transparency that you want. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link that I put in the description, it directly puts money in my pocket. Help me out. I'm broke. What are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app with the link that I've left. Uh, get unlimited free access to your local news. Get all of my NFL content for free. You can get Lawrence's NFL content. You're also going to be supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody. So please take 30 seconds, download the Newsbreak app from the link I left in the description. And I need you guys to know too that I'm a crazy man. Not only am I here doing this podcast every night live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, I do a whole separate live show for 30 minutes every night too over on Patreon where it's not the same as this. You got to do it over on Patreon. So when you join the Ray Route Patreon page, you will get, listen to this, five exclusive 30-minute shows per week talking about football. That's right. When you become a Patreon member, you will get those shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then every second Friday, I host a Patreon hangout. Last week, the screen was full. We had 10 guys on the screen. We were talking until about I left at 11.30. There were still four guys hanging out talking after I left. Come join it. We talk about everything, football, politics, life, just friends chopping it up. Uh, and I don't believe in people paying huge money or having all these different tiers or excluding people. I have one tier. It's five bucks. That's it. Everybody pays the same thing. Everybody gets all the same contents, all of the perks, including a link to our Discord page that's exclusive to the Patreon group. 
We're actively chatting about football in there, so don't wait any longer. Sign up for the Patreon page by clicking the link that I've left in the description or head on over to www.patreon.com slash Sports. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Come join our little community of football fans over on Patreon. All right, guys, the plugs are done. I'm finished. I got nothing left to say. I'm going to turn it over. I'm going to bring in my guest co-host for this Tuesday night, Mr. Lawrence Owen from Colts What up, Ray? I was one of those few people that was still hanging out after you left on the patreon stream and we were still chatting it up talking about all sorts of stuff so y'all need to come out there and you know five bucks is very little money just to get all the content that ray drops on his patreon i'll tell you what plus plus getting to hang out and talk football with and it's not just football you could talk also whatever's on your mind right i mean this it's it's awesome it's awesome I actually felt terrible that night because you were like getting into some like real, like some real shit. And I was like, I'm sorry, I got to (laughs) go. We all have real life situations, man. (laughs) All right, man, let's get into this, uh, this piece here. You can find Lawrence Owen Owen over on the Believe in Colts podcast. You can also find him on his YouTube page. Just look for Lawrence Owen or look for Colts Law. You can also follow him on Twitter at Colts underscore law. Uh, but we're going to get it scoring. So I put out a, a question every day on Twitter, on YouTube, and I asked the, the, the fan bases, I say, which NFL team has surprised you the most this season? I got Matt saying the Patriots. I've got the Grey Wolf Warriors saying the Colts and the Cardinals. I've got the Chiefs King saying the, the Chiefs. He obviously went the other way. I've got not Aaron Rodgers saying the Colts and the Bengals. Not a lot of people having faith in your Colts team at the beginning of the year. Uh, YouTube, it was pretty consistent. Edward, Patriots. Richard, Patriots. I don't agree, says Dallas. Of course, he would be the one. Uh, A name I cannot even attempt to say, Patriots. Uh, Another name I cannot attempt to say says Patriots or Cowboys. Nolan says Patriots. Carlos says Patriots. The Minuteman says the Arizona Cardinals. And Eddie says Patriots. Uh, I have mine. I said, I talked about this in my Patreon show. I said the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs because that was my AFC championship game this season. Um, I think that the Chiefs are starting to come back a little bit. However, they didn't convince me against Dallas. And I think when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, I mean, the way they kind of, I wanted to say the way they began their season, but they look like shit against Pittsburgh, came back, looked like shit against Miami, but still won, had a big game against the Chiefs, had another big game in there. Then they lose to Jacksonville, blow out the Jets, get blown out by your Indianapolis Colts. They surprised me because I thought they would have been the most complete team in football. However, I want to know from you, Lawrence, what team has surprised you the most, whether it's good or bad, whether they've overachieved, you know, overachieved in your opinion or underachieved, which NFL team has surprised you the most this season? Well, when you're going to underachieving, I would have to say it's the Bills. I I think that um, defensively they've looked great, but that offense – is hot and cold, you know, and with the weapons that Josh Allen has and stuff uh, over there and the way he's been, you know, last year, it's just that 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 passing attack is is hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And it, it's very surprising. It's, it, it's hard to keep up with that. And in the positive news, you know, the Cardinals easily. Uh, I, I saw the Cowboys, expected the Cowboys to be pretty decent under Dak. And I expected the Cardinals to be pretty good, but I didn't think that they'd be leading their division, you know, at this point in time in the NFL season. So I would definitely say the Cardinals are the are the biggest surprise, uh, especially with, you know, I had the Rams winning the NFC this year. So uh, for the Cardinals to be sitting at the top is a, is a really pretty impressive situation. Last year, you and I both worked for a company called Sportscaster together, mm-hmm. and we were co-hosts on a show called NFL News, the uh the worst name for a show ever um probably about as bad as talking football with ray but uh, i do want to ask you last year you joe our our former broadcast partner now goes by jose uh you can go check out his youtube channel and myself none of us had dak prescott as a top 10 quarterback in the nfl Mm -hmm. when we went through it after this season i know he's i know he had a i know he had a stinker against kansas city i know he's had you know he had a stinker two weeks ago against the broncos coming back off that injury do you now consider Dak Prescott a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Well, I kind of have to because there's no quarterbacks out there that's really stood out, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is having a good year, but it's not like a, a year he had last year. 
a lot of quarterbacks right now are still there's no one dominating week in week out uh it, it, it just seems like uh some quarterbacks will have a hot and then a cold week I mean, even Patrick Mahomes started off the season looking awful right so I could very easily see Dak Prescott as a top 10 quarterback this year yeah, I've been impressed with Dak. I mean, especially the beginning of the season. Uh, I take the Denver game as a guy just coming back from injury. Uh, last week, I came. Uh, last week, I think that, you know, and this is why I'm not fully convinced on the Chiefs yet. I, I think the Cowboys hurt themselves as much as as the Chiefs hurt them. You look at that interception that ended up actually knocking CeeDee Lamb out of the game. So then he had no Amari Cooper, who's on the COVID-19 list. He's also wanted for this this Thursday. Uh, we know CeeDee Lamb. He's in concussion protocol. And the throw was unnecessary because he threw it into a window that was so tight. He had no reason throwing it. If he doesn't throw that ball, CeeDee Lamb plays the second half. Uh, it's not intercepted. They possibly score a touchdown, at least put points on the board. I thought they shot themselves in the foot a lot. And even though it never felt like Dallas was going to win that game, as sloppy as it was, it always felt like it was the Chiefs game. I never felt like it was because the Chiefs were dominating, where it was a little bit different than the Thursday night game uh, with the Patriots in Atlanta when it was 14-0. Even though it was 14-0, you never felt like Atlanta was going to win because the Patriots' defense was just so good. And the offense was, even though they weren't scoring, they were moving the football enough and taking enough time off that clock. I wasn't feeling that out of Kansas City. However, I do have Dak as a top 10 quarterback now. You see how much different that team is without him and with him when you compare to last season. But let's go off a guy who knows Dak Prescott pretty well, and he's now jobless, right? The New York Giants, they uh, they have a miserable night against Tampa Bay last night, and I think most nights are miserable for the New York Giants. It was a tough game to watch. I couldn't watch a lot of it. I'm going to tell you, I found it boring. Um, I saw Tom Brady do his soccer slide that should have been a red card. And uh, when he, but no, um, you know, the, the, the Tampa Bay looks like they're back, whatever, maybe, maybe not. We can talk about that a little bit later, but it looks miserable again. Granted, the Giants, okay, Barkley played, but he's just coming off of injuries. Uh, Shepard hardly plays this year. Uh, who was the big free agent signing, the wide receiver? He's been out basically all year. Holiday. Yeah, uh, Kenny Holiday. Um, uh, so on top of all that, so, uh, they turned around and said, okay, it's not Joe judge's fault. You know what? Maybe it's Jason Garrett's fault. And Jason Garrett gets, uh, canned today. Stories are coming out that a lot of offensive players didn't want him as their offensive coordinator anymore. We all know what happened in Dallas. He probably hung around four years too long. Uh, we've seen Mike McCarthy kind of turn this team around a little bit. Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator in Dallas is an offensive genius. Uh, so you can see how how Garrett put it down surprised that Garrett got fired or was this sort of, were you waiting for this to happen? Oh no, I wasn't surprised after, after I watched the whole game last night and I would not be surprised if there is a house cleaning by the end of the year over uh, in New York, because that team you talk about a game that was tied 10, 10 at one point and not at any point in the game. Did you feel like that uh, the giants had any chance in this game? Because, uh, I mean, the well, their only their was, only their only touchdown came when they started with the ball at the five yard line. Yeah, off, off off a bobbled pass tipped that got intercepted and returned to the five. Yes, four and, of Tom Brady's nine interceptions have come off of tip balls from receivers. Exactly, and and this is not a night that Tampa Bay even looked good in. I mean, there was a lot of drop passes. There was some bad throws. Gronk looked good, uh, and and, and a few other players, but the Giants just looked awful awful i mean even defensively they looked awful and uh i i fully expect i don't think judge will have a job by the end of the year i don't think the court i think that whole coaching system will be uh completely overhauled by the time the years they just needed to to be fair they needed a scapegoat they needed someone to blame for last night's game and jason garrett was right there at the top of the list I just want to give a big shout out to the uh, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook chat. This is live. I know for a week there, I was pre-recording the stuff and then broadcasting it live after. I was just trying to figure out a schedule. Connor left me and I had to figure out a lot of things. And I was trying to deal with what podcast network I was going on. And all, so I'm there. We're live. live. We're gonna, I'm going to be live Monday through Friday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be me actually live, not pre-recorded. Um, okay. And then I do look, I got a bunch of stuff on Patreon. I, I got a bunch of the, the Nagy and the Garrett thing weren't even on my docket until kind of late in the day. But this story comes out about Chicago that uh, basically there's a revolt in the dressing room. The Chicago players want him out. Uh, last week, no Lamar Jackson for Baltimore. Andy Dalton gets a score. The defense just lets them plow through. Of course, Khalil Mack out for the season. A lot of people believe Khalil Mack is now done. Justin Fields out for this game. 
Uh, they got a short week playing Detroit, divisional winner, probably going to win the game because they're facing Detroit. Uh, but so you could get fired after a loss or after a win, or they lose to Detroit and things go even worse. However, Nagy comes out today, says, no, it's not true. Reports are like, no, he's already been told his last game is Thursday. Uh, surprise that Nagy's gone. Has this been a long time coming? And number two, do you see benefit of firing somebody at this point? Chicago's got three wins this year. They have no chance of making the playoffs. Why don't you just finish up the season and go forward with him? Yeah, well, okay. So in my opinion, this is a situation where, uh, honestly, you would go through. I think you should go through it with Nagy. But at the same time, I mean, if you lose to Detroit, that's a bad situation. But at the, go look at Detroit. Detroit just tied Pittsburgh and almost tied the Cleveland Browns, you know, back to back games. So they did. And they lost a game this year on like a 65 yard. Uh, oh, God. What's it? The Baltimore kicker. Yeah. Uh, it's like a 64 yard field goal kick, right? Justin, uh, Justin Tucker, Tucker. Justin Tucker. Yeah. 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 So, so Detroit's been playing the AFC North like really, really tough. Um, so it, it's possible that Detroit makes a real game out of this, but. At the same time, no, I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, if you can't handle the locker room, if you're losing the players in your locker room, then it's time to move on. I personally, if I was, uh, you know, the owner of the Detroit or Chicago Bears, sorry, it, it, it's a tough call because in one thing, you you generally think no, you know, making a change middle of the season is not a wise thing to do but at the same time if all the players are you know off of Matt Nagy's train and they they don't believe in him anymore it's time to make a change is there an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator on the team that the players like more than Nagy you know that that they they might buy into they might actually play with Look what happened to Houston last year, you know, when Bill O'Brien was let go. And then uh, was it Romeo that Romeo, came up? Romeo or Canel yeah, up, and, yeah, and they started playing their butts off for him. So there is a chance. There's, Like you said, there's, they've only got three wins. But, you know, I mean, we, you got Fields over there. You got a bunch of other players over there that are still looking to, to at least save face right now. And – you know, maybe it's time for the front office to make that move. Okay, so I want to I want to look at two different kind of coordinators right here. I should have done this right after we talked about Jason Garrett, but I want to get back to it. Um, so Freddie Kitchens is taking over play calling. Um, hot take. I think this could actually work. If you look at Baker Mayfield's rookie year, who was his offensive coordinator? Freddie Kitchens. Some guys, I'll let Josh McDaniels, are better coordinators and assistant coaches than they are head coaches. And I'm wondering if Freddie Kitchens can work with Daniel Jones, who a lot of Giant fans are like, I'm done with this experiment, move on. But I'm wondering if he's the guy to come in and work with Daniel Jones, work with this offense, get a little bit creative and start getting it going. Do you think Kitchens could have success as the offensive coordinator of the Giants? Actually, I I kind of do. Daniel Jones is very similar to Baker Mayfield in his kind of wild Superman kind of cowboy style quarterbacking, right? And when I say cowboy, I don't mean Dallas Cowboys. You know what I mean by that. Um, but Freddie Kitchens, uh, Baker was playing his best ball under Kitchens, even even when they made that 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 head coaching move, and he was the head coach over there at the Browns for that short period of time. A lot of people thought Kitchens should have got that head coaching job. Uh, I, I honestly believe that Kitchens could really uh, have a, a major effect on Daniel Jones and this offense. But to be fair, you you need a lot of help there. It's not just the play calling, right? I mean, some of the some of the players just like the offensive line, Daniel Jones had no time. None. Uh, Will Hernandez was called like what five times for holding in that game. It was ridiculous. So there, there's a lot more than just, you know, uh, offensive play calling that's, that's going to be needed to, to turn that Giants team around. All right, let's talk about another coordinator here. I think Kellen Moore, the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, is overlooked uh, by by people who aren't don't follow the Dallas Cowboys, but he is one of the brightest offensive minds in the game. And I'm wondering if a team like Chicago would be looking at him because defense isn't the problem, right? Offense is the problem there. You've got Justin Fields. Uh Maybe you bring in Kellen Moore. Maybe you can keep an Allen Robinson, who you had the price. You know, you had to to tag this year, especially if you're going to move on from Khalil Mack. They have an out in 2022. 
Do you think Chicago should look at a guy like, like inexperienced as a head coach, but has done phenomenal? I mean, even Troy Aikman, who's nothing but critical of Dallas Cowboys, you know, coordinators and coaches, has talked about how great the offensive play calling has been. Do you think that they should look at a guy like Kellen or Kellen Moore to try to come in and and maybe spark that offense a little bit? Well, it's possible. We still got uh, quite a ways to go before a move like that could happen anyhow because you can't really hire someone off a team in the middle of the season. I'm At talking least. in the offseason. I'm talking, yeah. you know, offseason hire. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, they should definitely you know, leave every stone unturned uh, in that situation. Kellen Moore, obviously the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you, you never know. There, there's all, all sorts of uh, – uh, coordinators out there that could do this. But then again, you know, uh, they might be needing more than just an offensive coordinator come to the end of the season. They might be needing a head coach. So, and, and offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator and a few other people. Who knows? <laughs> All right. So I put this tweet out today. It's actually based on a story that I wrote for DeanBlundell.com. I just, haven't started writing for DeanBlondell.com yet, so I've just got some stuff in the can, but it's something that makes sense unless something disastrous happens the next couple of weeks. But I tweeted out today, and I saw you retweet it, and I saw a bunch of your Colts followers agree with it. I said that when you look at the two best running backs this season, it has definitely been Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb. Technically, on-field production, when he's on the field, Nick Chubb has outperformed Jonathan Taylor. He's averaging six yards per carry, where Jonathan Taylor is averaging 5.8. They get almost the same amount of carries per game. I think I looked it up, and Jonathan Taylor is averaging 17.5 per game. Nick Chubb is averaging 17.75 per game, so it's 0.25 more. However, as the great Bill Belichick will say, availability is the best ability, so you have to nod your head to Jonathan Taylor. A lot of people are going to say, well, if Derrick Henry was playing, he would have had more than 1,122 yards. Absolutely, but i got to tell you something. Jonathan Taylor has played three more games than than um, Derrick Henry and has still ran the ball 26 times less than Derrick Henry since his injury. Uh, he ran the ball a lot. So, yes, he picked up a lot of yards because he ran it so much. He was only averaging five point or 4.3 yards per carry mm. compared to 5.8 and 6.0 for Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb dealt with an injury, landed on the COVID list, availability, best availability. I'm going to throw out a hot take here, not saying it because you're a Colts fan. I'm saying it because I want to rattle the masses, but I actually believe this, and it's the title of the blog, and I cannot wait till I can put it out. But I said that not only should Jonathan Jones, sorry, Jonathan Taylor, be considered the MVP of the year of the league this year, Mr. Henry should now be known as Derek, and we can all hail king taylor and as you as an indianapolis colts fan i'm gonna let you just run with that comment i i appreciate that idea but taylor has one and a half seasons so far under his belt of good run running back play it took him about six games in the last season to really start finding his rhythm and you know for the last 18 games he's really put on really a, a really nice show derrick henry Where's the crown of King Henry? Because he's been doing it for, you know, the last three seasons. He's been that guy, you know, just unbelievable, hand the ball off to him and, you know, put put teams on his back. I would love to see that happen with Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, that's that's another situation where he's going to have to prove it a, a, a little bit longer, you know, here in the NFL. I have utter faith that Jonathan Taylor would, would be up to the task and continue to do so. We just need to see it as well. It's 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 kind of like, you know, crowning Patrick Mahomes being a Hall of Famer after three seasons, you know, at least in my opinion. However, though, if you look at the statistics, if Derrick Henry ran the same amount of yards or the same amount of hand, the same amount of carries as Jonathan Taylor did this year, if they both have the same amount of carries, played the same amount of games, but had the same amount of carries, 17 and, and 17.5 carries per game, Derrick Henry would be around 800 yards right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, and, I, I get it. And, 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 and Taylor's got, you know, he's averaging more touchdowns than him per, per game as well, you know, and, and all of that. As a matter of fact, right now, if I, if I remember correctly, Jonathan Taylor's scrimmage yards is – you know, on pace to beat Derrick Henry's scrimmage yards last year. He's on pace to blow out his yards per carry. And I think he, uh, Derrick Henry had 17 touchdowns last year. And Jonathan Taylor's on pace to get 23, I think. 
somewhere around in that general vicinity. He's on pace to have a great season. And uh, I, I, I agree. He should definitely be in that MVP conversation. Um, well, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because here, here's where I make the argument. I see the comments in the chat. I see what people are saying they're defending Derrick Henry, which is fine. I knew it was going to rattle some cages, right? But if Andy Dalton averaged 65 passes per game, he probably would have led the league in receiving yard or passing yards, you know, for eight out of 10 years, just because of the sheer amount of times that he threw the football. You know what I mean? To AJ mm -hmm. green. And so, and I'm not comparing, I know it sounds so disrespectful, but Derrick Henry's allure. When I really did the research today, I did it. I looked at the numbers for the last three years and I looked at everything. His allure and his namesake is a little bit, twisted because i look at guys like damian harris averaging more yards per carry than him this year but he's 10th in the league in rushing you know what i mean jonathan taylor yes first in the league for rushing carried the ball 26 less times played three more games averaging more nick chubb six yards per carry lamar jackson averages more yards per carry than derrick henry and lamar jackson is sixth in the nfl in rushing yeah. yards like he's yeah. a top 10 he's a top 10 running back but he's like uh, that every year i mean yeah it's, it's crazy with lamar <laughs> but but that's what what's what I'm getting at. So it's like, yes, he's very good. He's a workhorse. But we're starting to see now. He broke down a little bit last year. We saw it heading into the playoffs in the postseason. We saw the breakdown this year. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's there's there's a little bit of a mystique to the name that the numbers kind of cover up when you really do the breakdown. Because if you if you put him at the, okay, he had the same amount of carries as every other running back. He's like the sixth best in the NFL right now. Yeah, another thing is I think now. Derek, sorry, I should say, I should say, kudos to him that he can carry the workload that he carried. Not just right? carry the workload, but I mean, he was facing, you know, eight plus man boxes more than anyone else in the NFL, and doing those carries on top of it. Right? You, you know what I'm saying? So he's taking that abuse from loaded boxes on top of it, averaging 27 carries a game this season. That's ridiculous. And it, it's showing, it really is showing. I mean, I, after watching the game uh, that, that the Titans had against the Texans this past week, you know, it shows what, what a Derrick Henry brings to uh, an NFL team. I'm, I, I love Jonathan Taylor and I really do believe he's the best running back in the NFL right now, but I have a huge ton of respect for what uh, Derrick Henry brings to the table. Yeah. Like I'm looking at this thing, 378 yards last season. You know what I mean? Now last year was a big year from 5.4 yards. He deserved to be the best in the league last year. Mm -hmm. 303 yards. He would have been over 300 carries again this season. I mean, he was almost at 300. He was at 219 carries eight games into the season. He was mm -hmm. really on pace for over 400 carries this year. Yeah. That's insane. Like that's insane. On a 17-game season, which is ridiculous. He was on pace to like shatter records. Yeah, like he so 2027 yards last year, he carried the ball 378 times. Whereas I compare that to Adrian Peterson, who did it in 297 yards and 348 carries. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I know 348 is still a lot. However, you're talking almost a complete game full of carries more that Derrick Henry had. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's at that's that's the allure of Derrick Henry, too. The the idea right up until three weeks ago that you could give him all the load you want and not have to worry about him breaking down, but then he broke down. <laughs> well like, like i said i was here to rattle the cage i know I've, i'm reading the comments i've rattled the cage and uh it's fine that's what i do uh, i do want to go over to patreon though because we got a lot of comments a lot of questions a lot of them directly for you did tell me you're coming so i'm gonna get there uh thomas says hey lawrence why was the bill game such a blowout were the bills just plain bad or did you guys have a better game plan also why couldn't buffalo's defense stop jonathan taylor i want to see how objective you can be in this analysis of this game Ellen. All right, so two things. One, Jonathan Taylor hasn't been stopped the last eight weeks. I mean, you, you've seen – it's not just the Bills that ain't been able to stop him, right? Uh, eight weeks in a row, he's had at least 100 yards of scrimmage and a touchdown. You know, he's he tied LaDainian Tomlinson for that record. Um, 
so the Bills not being able to stop him, they weren't able to stop Derrick Henry earlier in the year either, right? So when they go up against a really good running attack, they have problems, which means if, in retrospect, they'll probably have problems against New England when they face him as well. Um, but when it comes to, to Buffalo and their passing attack, it's hard to get in a rhythm when you don't, you're not on the field much, right? Because the Colts were running the football so much. Jonathan, uh, Josh Allen and that offense was on the sideline. They were cold. They weren't, they weren't feeling it. Right. And that, that forces them, you know, you're looking at it and going, Oh crap, you know, we're already down 17 to three or whatnot, you know, and you're, you're starting to, they're already a passing attack, but now they're, even more into that, we can't just settle for the the dump off passes. We have to start chucking it downfield a little bit more to try to try to pick it up, and that's how interceptions happen. That's how those turnovers happen, and that's why the Colts got four turnovers and limited even more of how much that offense of Buffalo could be on the field. That's how I. That's the reason why I feel, and the and the idea the fact you know it was in the forty degrees, high winds, rain, you know. That does not favor a passing attack. That favors an attack the way the Colts have of of playing solid in your face defense and right in your face running running game. Now, would you say that Buffalo is not as complete as we probably thought they were? I think they need a little help. Um, I, I think they need to be a little bit more physical, considering the type of uh, team they are and where they're at, and the fact that they're an outdoor team. Uh, they need they need to get a little bit more physical, especially on offense. I mean, they are not a physical – the most physical player on that offense besides Dawson Knox is the quarterback, Josh Allen, right? At least in my opinion, the way I look at it, I think Josh Allen is the most physical guy on that. And that's not a good sign when your quarterback is the most physical guy you have on your offense. And you you need a running game in, in that situation. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot that they need to uh, sit down and work on um and and fix because there are some holes there that other teams are obviously you know going to be able to exploit so i want to just yeah so i want to talk about complete teams i want to do want to shift to the patriots here for a second because i want to read you a couple of things right now because when we talk about complete teams right we think about a lot of times the number ones right well i we got the best offense we got the best we got the best at but then i started thinking about players and mark daniels put out this crazy ass thread of tweets today and i started reading this and even as a patriots fan i was like whoa right mm -hmm. i want you to listen to what i look at and say when i think about complete team this is what i think about complete team okay he writes patriots among nfl league leaders in entering week 12 okay Mac Jones is second in the NFL in completion percentage and tied for seventh in passes completed. Damian Harris is tied for sixth in rushing touchdowns and is 10th in rushing yards. Hunter Henry is tied for seventh in receiving touchdowns. JC Jackson is first in passes defended and second in interceptions. Matthew Judon is tied for third in sacks and seventh in tackles for loss. Adrian Phillips is tied for fourth in interceptions. Kyle Duggar is tied for 10th in interceptions. Uh, Nick Folk is tied for first in points scored, first in field goals made, and fifth in field goal percentage. Gunnar Olszewski is second in punt return yards, second in yards per punt return, and Jake Bailey is seventh in yards per punt. So number one, anytime you can get three of your four special team people in the top 10, that means you got good special teams. But then you got four defensive players in the top 10. And then you've got three of your offensive players, probably the three most important players on your offense in the top 10. Um, I looked up the Buffalo Bills. They don't have players stacked like that in the box. Was it fair to say that, and it's it's tough to look at overall yearly stats because very much like the Colts, the Patriots stats are skewed from the last five weeks to the way their season sort of started when they couldn't stop the run on anybody. You know what I mean? And I think that since the Jets game, they've been like the, you know, and they went up against Christian McCaffrey and stuff. They've been like the second best run defense in the NFL. Uh, I want to say the Colts were first, but it, maybe not. It could be somebody else, but they were like the second best run defense the last five weeks. Um, as an opponent, I guess, and you will be an opponent in a couple of weeks, and we won't know what this teams are until they play on Saturday, December the 18th. We won't know at what this team at 820. We're not going to know 
what these teams are going to be until then. They the 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 Patriots still got to play the Bills once. They got to play the Titans once. Uh, and we got a bye week in between there. And there's a bye week in between that game. Both teams coming off the bye, which I like because it's mm-hmm. you know like it's both both coaches get to go at it. Who do you play the next two weeks? Uh, well, this week, I, honestly, uh, I don't remember who's after this, this next week because I've been so focused on Tom Brady coming to town. <laughs> yeah. So you got Brady. So that could be a comparable game for the Patriots to see how you do against Brady. You saw how well defensively the Patriots did against, uh, the Colts team. No Gronkowski, by the way, but who is Gronk right now? Anyhow, he's playing with like 12 different injuries. He's back to the regular Rob Gronkowski, but oh, what do you mean? No Gronkowski. He played, he played yesterday. We didn't play Gronk. The Patriots didn't play Gronk. Oh, Gronkowski. you didn't play Gronk. So that's okay. that's that's he the had difference. a big game yesterday. Yeah, but that's the difference. We didn't have Gronk. Mm-hmm. You guys will have Gronk. Uh, you can't really compare the Patriots playing the Titans and the Patriots playing the Bills the way you guys did it because the Titans game is a divisional game for you, mm-hmm. and the, the the Bills game is a divisional game for the Patriots, mm-hmm. right? So the divisional games go. I mean, the Texans just beat the Titans. You know what I mean? The Texans are only beating a divisional team like that. You know, they're probably not beating another team. The weird stuff happens. They played so well that Philip Lindsay got cut. You know, well, I mean, the Jets beat the Titans, so they did. And the the the, the <laughs> Titans to me are like, and the Bills and the Chiefs, all three of them are like the most volatile teams in the league right now. Whereas mm-hmm. with the Colts and the Patriots, you kind of saw the steady buildup, right? Mm-hmm. The moral victories. Like you you guys couldn't finish a game. We couldn't finish a game. It was like, okay, the moral victories. I know we were sick of moral victories, but oh, it was yeah, that moral amen. victory thing. But now they're starting to come through. Um, so but it's tough to do those comparisons because they went so the 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 Tampa game is really the only comparison. And again, every game plan is going to be different going up against Tom Brady, going up against Mac Jones, right? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and I know there's that whole thing, well, they both think and dunk anyways. Mac Jones is like second in the league for 20 plus air plus like air yards. You know what I mean? Like he's thrown it like it's the second most in the NFL. So I'm like, I don't know where this he doesn't take deep shots come from, but uh he's a patron. You know what? I said he made it, right? People hate him again, so he's made it, right? <laughs> it's uh there. Um, anyways, but when you look at what I just read you as an opponent and you've got top special teams players, top defensive players, top offensive players, is it one of those games when you look at it and you just go, and maybe not necessarily the Colts, just I'm talking generalities, right? But it's one of those games you just go, fuck. Like, cause you can't really say we're just going to run Jonathan Taylor because they've had a really good run defense. And if they stop him, we got to go up against three defenders who are are in the the top ten for interceptions this season. You got Matt Judon, who's going to hit the shit out of Carson Wentz if our offensive line can't hold him. You know what I mean? And he's gone up against teams like the Cleveland Browns, who apparently had the best offensive line in the league and made them look like a sack of shit. So it, it's do you ever just look at something like that and just go fuck? I used to way back in the day, and now I realize that every game is different. You know, you never see, like, you can't look at stats and go, oh, this is what you expect the game day, you know, because this player might not be feeling it that game, or this player might be even better than what he normally does. You might have injuries that deal with uh, situations, you know, Uh, all, all sorts of stuff. Stats, individual stats affecting an entire game does not necessarily make a uh, make me go, oh no. Uh, I, I tend to look more towards how the team is playing against what type of teams that worries me more going up against the new England Patriots than it does the individual stats from individual players, because as a, just a general feel of how the Patriots have been playing these past few weeks is, is more, is more, oh yeah, they're for real. They're back. You know, this is a, a a team that you really have to 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 pay attention to. That's that's more of what I I tend to go towards currently right now when it comes to that. Uh, it's just like, um, like week three, you wouldn't be worried about going up against New England. Now you mm-hmm. would. Week week four, you would not be worried about going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Now you would. So, uh, you know, things change week to week to week. And who is it that the New England plays this week? Tennessee. Tennessee. Well, you look at this, this matchup, you know, Tennessee is on a huge downward spiral right now, whereas New England is, 
you know, way up here. I mean, currently they're they're being discussed as one one of, if not the best team in the AFC. Uh, NFL.com ranked you sixth, I believe, in the seventh. NFL. Seventh. 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 Okay. And in the Colts, tenth. They've, yeah. they've bumped you guys up to 10 now. All right. So we've been, cause I've been looking, I, I was looking at the past ones where you, the Colts and the Patriots, we were sitting around the twenties. You know what I mean? And then, uh-huh. and then we crept into the teens. Now you're in the top 10. The Patriots have moved up to seven. Uh, I think some of the teams they got at the top still make me kind of squint my eyes a little bit. Yeah. You know, the Packers yeah. have been okay in my mind. I don't look at them as a dominant team in the NFL. I don't know why they get so much love that they get right. by the people who make these rankings. Well, Right now, there isn't really that many dominant teams in the NFL. You can't look at, like, earlier in the year, you could have said the Rams. You could have said the Cowboys. You could have said the Titans. There's only one team, and it's Arizona. Arizona worries me. When Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins is healthy, because we've seen it without them Mm -hmm. for a couple games. I know they beat San Francisco. Colt McCoy played. He played okay. They looked awful. They got blown out their next game. Um, They lost to a uh pa- a Rogerless Packers or no not wasn't the Packers who did the Arizona lose to that they didn't have their starting quarterback uh was it the Packers yeah it was the Packers right mm-hmm. no 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 Jordan Love lost Jordan Love only played one game I can't remember but they played a team without the starting without the starting quarterback and they lost the game it was a shocker to the world for the life of me I cannot remember who the hell it was it was I think it was like their first loss of the year or second loss of the year anyways tough games but with Kyler Murray on the field who's been absolutely phenomenal oh yeah um and as you know I talked about him before last season we started that I loved Kyler Murray however two seasons in a row he's missing time because of injury so that's that's becoming a that's becoming a bit of an issue yeah definitely and uh Edward uh never says it was uh the Panthers Yes, 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 the Panthers, the Panthers. Scam Newton, he says. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yeah, they lost to, to Newton. But uh-huh. no, that was that was without Kyler Murray, though. But they lost the game this year that it, they lost J.J. Watt, but they got Jonathan Jones back, and they were playing a team who was missing their quarterback, and they lost. I got to look now. It's driving me crazy. Okay, the what Cap- I'm doing now. Did, did, did Dak miss a game this year? Yes, 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 yes. They lost to the Cowboys. It's when Dak was injured after he got hurt when he hurt his calf coming off the bye, he couldn't play and they played um no that's Colt McCoy, right? Who plays for the the Cowboys, mm-hmm. correct? I think and so. Cole, yeah, and Colt McCoy beat them. Okay, so I got another one here from Matt Coward. You know Matt, he hangs out with you on the Patreon. By the way, guys, Lawrence King's out at our Patreon, so come hang out. I hang out at his too, so join his Patreon. Um this one might upset you. <laughs> So I'm going to ask it to you though. He says, what is your outlook for making the playoffs? Obviously the, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, you still have a tough schedule with uh, left with Tampa Bay, the Patriots and the Cardinals. Do you feel you might be fighting the Bengals for the seven seed in the playoffs when it comes down to the end? Yes. And not, well, you not the you Bengals. Don't gonna, you don't I think don't, you're going to the division? No, 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 because I, 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 I got a feeling that, the Titans are an incredibly well-coached team, okay? And they and uh, I, I just got a feeling, unless, if you beat them this week, there's a chance we win the division. Well, let me ask you this question, because we had this conversation on the Patreon mm-hmm. last week, and they said, who do you cheer for, the Buffalo Bills or the Colts? And I mm-hmm. said, well, if you're looking to cheer, if you really believe the Patriots can win the AFC East, then you cheer for the Colts. If you think, ah, Buffalo's probably going to win the East, then you cheer for the Bills because the Colts are one of those teams that are going to be fighting out for one of those three wildcard spots. Are you a Patriots fan or a Titans fan on Sunday? Uh, I'm not a fan of either team. You Uh, know what I mean. (laughs) You know what I mean. Are you cheering for the Patriots to win or are you cheering for the Titans to win? I want the Titans to lose. There you go. That's how I'll word it. I'm cheering for the Titans to lose this. That's what this I meant. I know you're not a fan. You're not a fan, but no, you know what? Patriot fans were all Colts fans. I don't know if you saw Twitter. I get Patriot you. I get fans you. were all Absolutely. Colts fans on Sunday. I will right? be rooting for Mac Jones to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns and Ramondre Stevenson to get 150 yards rushing against the Titans. Absolutely. I will, because that means that the Colts just have to make up, you know, two more, just, just win two more games the rest of the year 
over the Titans to win the division. So absolutely. I think think it's Cooper Rush. I think that delusional Patriots fan said it. It wasn't Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is the Cardinals backup. That's Uh, why I was thinking Colt McCoy. Cooper Rush was the Cowboys backup. Okay. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. I got a couple more here for you. A lot for you. <laughs> um, nobody gave a shit what I had to say this today. It was all about you. Uh, Alex says, Lauren, Lawrence, apologize. Uh, where do the Colts defense rank this year? Now, again, I think a lot like I've seen the, the, the Colts defense get better, right? The same with the Patriots. Uh, as a, a season total, I don't think it's reflecting where they are now. So if you don't have, say, the last five weeks, if you were going to kind of – because I think the, the Patriots, I think, are almost number one in every category the last five weeks. Um, if you were going to rank where the Colts are the last, say, five to six weeks, because we both kind of came – they both kind of came out at the same time, where would you rank them? I Since the Ravens game, you know, since the Ravens game, because they, they they locked the Ravens down right up until the fourth quarter, and then Lamar Jackson, amazingly, because you know threw three hundred yards in the fourth quarter, all by all, you know, kept them to under a hundred yards until the fourth quarter. But since then, I think they're a top five team right now defensively. Uh, they are the number one turnover team in the NFL. You know, yep. they they have twenty five turnovers total, uh, which yep. is amazing. Uh, they're they're on pace to get thirty nine this season. Uh, it's it's gonna be interesting because the Patriots have been a turnover machine lately. You guys are a turnover machine. The Patriots are the number one scoring defense in the NFL, and they kind of been like that all year, even when they weren't winning. It and the Colts to- have the number one Colts are the number one team in the NFL to score points off turnovers. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's uh it's 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 there's a lot of again, and anything can change in two weeks. I mean mm-hmm. Absolutely. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor blows an ACL. Matthew Judon blows a shoulder. Hush your Mac mouth. Jones. No, no, no. I don't believe in jinxes, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I know. I oh, don't either. By the way, Connor and I, we the one jinx we do believe, though, Connor and I decided last night that Jonathan Jones and Carson Wentz uh, should be on the Monday Night Manning cast uh, for Monday Night Football uh, before they play the Patriots. Or Jonathan Taylor and, Jonathan and Carson Taylor. Wentz. Uh, I know. Not you, John, you, Jonathan you, Jones is our injured are injured you uh, say jonathan jones and jj taylor a lot when you mean jonathan taylor but i i understand i get it yeah i mix up two of our guys well we have jj jj taylor and you have jonathan taylor and they both started the j i know and now i'm saying jonathan jones (laughs) jonathan taylor we want him to join the monday night manny cast by the way we think it would only be right you know former colt and running back before they play the patriots okay as long as bill belichick does too no, 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 no. The only coach we want. No, 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 no. We have decided it's Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, and Sean McDermott of Buffalo. Those are the three people we want. Okay, we okay. think that would be a star-studded lineup, man. Um, okay, this is a Patriots question for you, but it is for you because nobody gives a shit what I say. G107 says, Lawrence, uh, can the Titans beat the Patriots without Henry and Julio Jones? I mean, they still got Peterson, and I know he's not the same running back when he was in his prime, but he can still run. Okay. So Ryan Tannehill's still a good quarterback. Uh, depending upon who he's throwing to, he can. Generally, he's not a turnover machine. You know, you got to get serious pressure on him to get, and you got the defense to do that. But this defense for the Titans ain't no joke either, right? There are moments where they can hold uh, good running game, running teams down and they get pressure on quarterbacks. Um, man, they got some really good pass rushers. Harold Landry's having a breakout season. Tonico Autry's doing a great job. Jeffrey Simmons is having a breakout year. I can't believe I could say breakout year for him because his rookie year was freaking fantastic. He was just injured last year. They've got a good defense. And you know Mike Gray... They can beat the Patriots, but I don't expect it. I see this as a more of a like a 70-30 in, in the favor of, of the Patriots game. All right. I'm going to change Alex's question a little bit. It's a two-part question. I'm, I'll ask the second part. I'm going to change the first part a bit because I know where he's going with it, but I'm not getting into a Patriot player versus Patriot player debate. So I'm going to ask you, do you think that Matthew Judon 
um, 10 and a half sacks, I think seven hits for loss. Uh, I think he leads in quarterback pressure or he's, he's one of the leaders in quarterback pressure. Do you believe that he should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year? There's a few people that should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. I think he's in the top, top five, uh, conversation list. Yes. But then again, I think the Colts have a defensive player of the year candidate as well in Darius Leonard. So, because he's got like nine, he's got his hands in nine turnovers. So yeah. on the year. Yeah. And I, I'm a Matt Judon fanboy, as everybody mm-hmm. knows. I was a Matt Judon fanboy before he was a Patriot. So when he became a Patriot, it just got obnoxiously disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. But so I know that's, <laughs> I know that people are influenced by what I say about Judon. Um, but I agree with you. I think a top five. Um, injuries might've gotten the way TJ Watt is phenomenal. I mean, he could be one of the best defenders in the NFL. I think he's going to be better than his brother, to be honest with you. If he can stay healthy, I think he's just, he's fantastic. Um, really happy that we don't have to play Bud Dupree this weekend with Tennessee. I think that that's going to hurt their defense a little bit. But um, Dupree really hasn't done a whole lot for Tennessee. No, but his presence was missed. You could see it against Houston. <coughs> Anyways, I got another one for you here um, and, and tread lightly on this one. Uh, who deserves offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase or Mac Jones? Lawrence is going to tell you it's like their fucking free safety, their rookie free safety. Who deserves? How's it going to be? Offensive I don't know. Rookie I don't of the fucking know. I, I knew it as soon as it came out of my mouth, Lawrence. <laughs> I knew it. I think Mac Jones right now is leading leading that race. He's, I just I mean, you still gotta he's still gotta finish it out, but right now I think he is definitely leading that race. The quarterback position is the most important position in sports. Mm-hmm. It's why that normally the MVP, in my opinion, normally the MVP is the quarterback, even though I think there's other people you could look at. There's no other position in sports that gets affected more by the quarterback. Just look at the Indianapolis Colts. As long just look at the look at the Colts and look at the Patriots. How much the quarterback position affects a team when a star quarterback goes away? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, no. As long as the Patriots keep winning and Mac Jones uh, continues playing well, then uh, man, Jamar Chase would have to have a phenomenal year. I mean, fun- like lead all receivers you know, in like receiving yards and touchdowns in order to, to take that over Mac Jones. Does Kirk Cousins take too much hate? Or He's does he always get, take too much hate? Or does he get the right amount of hate in your opinion? I, I no, I, there, he gets too much hate because Kirk Cousins is a good managing quarterback in the NFL. Um, some people tend to think that he is at times more than what he actually is. And he has moments to show that, but he has never been that guy that will do that on a weekend week out basis. All right. And those of us who know who Kirk cousins is, knows what to expect from him and the hate because from one week to the next, he doesn't look anywhere near the same guy. Sometimes uh, is 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 just blown out of proportion. Oh, I didn't even know this. The Titans have waived Adrian Peterson. I didn't notice that. <clears throat> Mike Garofalo, the Titans have waived running back Adrian Peterson. Possible he returns for now. Dontrell Hillard is up to the active roster after picking up 82 yards from scrimmage on Sunday. Hmm. No, there you go. Maybe they pick up uh, Lindsey. I just wish AP would have stayed off the off the field to be real with you just finish like it's like brett Favre. like you're just you're finishing on a low you know what i mean like you're you're i think there's a point when guys start to tarnish even manning when he won his super bowl like if he would have played one more season he that oh you knew that that's why he retires like yeah i'm at the top of the mountain because it would have just tarnished him it would have just and if you'd have lost that super bowl again there would have been a Bigger convert, different conversation about Manning, especially how really shitty he played that year because he was just body was done, right? Yeah. Um, I got this a uh, question on Saturday via Twitter from my boy Brandon Ace. I thought it was a really good question. I've actually been saving it for you to be on because I, I fuck, I can't ask Connor this question. Okay. Um, 
it's a longer, but listen, do you think that the quarterback position is being treated like the wide receiver position in terms of everyone wants those athletic scrambling quarterbacks instead of a quarterback that has a high IQ that can get the ball out quickly and taking what the defense gives you instead of trying to make a play and ends up being a disaster. And I've heard Lewis, Lewis Riddick talk about this a lot, right? Everybody wants the athlete, but because you know, because and he talked about this about Mac Jones before he got drafted because he, he retweeted it. It's the only reason I know he showed his thing that he said, and he said, you know, everybody's looking down on this Mac Jones kid because he doesn't look like Lamar Jackson, he doesn't throw sidearms like Patrick Mahomes. However, he goes, the quarterback's position is still about making good decisions, being accurate, and ball placement. That's still the three most important characteristics for a quarterback. So I think what Brandon's asking is like, you know wide receiver went from more of being a thinking man's position to an athletic position. You know what I mean? Uh, guys who can just burst speed, win 50, 50 balls. It's not necessarily about beating guys on routes. Some of the slower receivers in the league have to be smart and, and beat them on routes. Uh, same with cornerbacks. The cornerback position is the same. If you're a slower corner technique and brains and anticipation is more important than, than your athletic ability. Do you think that people taking, I'm sure, and Brandon's a, a Baltimore fan, so I'm trying to determine where he's coming at from this, but maybe looking at guys like Lamar Jackson or um, Kyler Murray, who, who as good as he is, is prone to make some stupid decisions, you know what I mean, while he's throwing the ball. Dak Prescott, the, why he threw into that window, like just boggles my mind. Um, except I look at Dak as more of a pocket guy than I do as, I know he can move, but I don't see him as that athletic guy, I see him more as a, he almost reminds me of a little bit more of an athletic version of Ben Roethlisberger, big physical, but you know what I mean? But would I rather throw... more, more akin to Russell Wilson, but he doesn't run as much as Russ though. Uh, he, he can, and he does occasionally. I, I, he, he, he does want to stay in the pocket, but Russell scrambles to throw the football and that's what Dak does. But I got a question for you because Russ, you want me to answer the original question? First? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, because then there's okay. a follow-up that, that right. ties into this. It don't matter, because the NFL is going to go to three quarterback formations. <laughs> no. <laughs> I no, said seriously. two, not three. <laughs> <laughs> and it will. It's already there. You've already seen it. Look at San Francisco. The Look Colts at have ran it three times the this Colts. year. The Colts, yes. Yeah, it's, it's already but, there. Here, here, here we go. The true answer to this question is you're seeing that from the younger generation of NFL fans. It's those guys that are 25 years and younger looks at that and says, well, you want the Mahomes. You want the Lamar Jacksons. If you're over 25 years old, you remember the Brady's, the Manning's, the Breezes. You know what they can still bring to the to the table in the NFL. This is why uh, it really depends upon what age category you fit in into what you believe. No, I do not think that the NFL is going to go solely to that that type of 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 quarterback. But yes, I do get where you know the younger generation of NFL fans want their teams and feel like if their team does not have that type of quarterback, that they're at a disadvantage. When in fact, it really depends upon how the team is built. All right, I'm going to throw something super crazy at you that's going to tie into this, okay? Mm-hmm. Seattle's look bad the last two weeks. Bad, offensively. Haven't thrown a touchdown in two weeks, right? The excuse I hear from Seattle fans, and as you know, I'm a Russell Wilson fan. You and I have had long conversations about this, so I'm not trying to knock Russ here. But the the excuse I hear is, well, Russell Wilson runs for his life, right? Like, he's always running for his life. He's got no offensive line. What do you expect out of him? Blah, 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 blah. Okay? Andrew Luck, he was running for his life his whole damn career. Well, I want to put this out for you. This is according to – and this came out today from NFL on CBS, just coincidentally, since we're in this conversation. I bookmarked it just for this very conversation that I didn't know we were going to have. Um. The Dolphins have given up the most with 194, which is why I've been a little bit of a Tua defender and said, I think Tua takes more criticism than he deserves when he's on the field. Do you want to know the other four? It's not Seattle. They're not the top five in pressure. Oh, no, the Colts are among that, ain't they? No, not anymore. I know they were the first six weeks of the year. But this might shock you. Number two, the Chiefs. 
Number three, the Jets. That makes sense. Number four, the Ravens. Mm, And number five, the Panthers. But when I look at that, though, when I look at the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Panthers, I'm sorry. I think all three of those teams are better than Seattle. And I would say that the Ravens and the Panthers, I know they have Christian McCaffrey. I know they do. But they're not as loaded with talent. You got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Metcalf. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The Chiefs are. The Chiefs are. The Chiefs are matched. The Chiefs probably have more talent. Oh, yeah. But the, I don't think the Ravens and Panthers match that. Ravens don't match that, especially now with all the the the, the running back core completely gone and gutted, you know. And as for the Panthers, they have a couple good receivers and McCaffrey. Now they're two receivers. They got one really good one and one above average receiver. But they're uh, and I don't know. The, the the running back core for Seattle's not bad. Carson's a decent running back, you know? So I don't know if I would I don't know if I would put the Panthers offensively more talented than than Seattle. I think they're probably pretty even. All right. At least guys, in my opinion. Guys, we want to thank Lawrence Owen for coming on. I got to about eight of my 26 things I had on the I docket. I disagreed with him and he kicks me off here. That's the way it is. This is my fucking show, Lawrence. Um, no, man, thanks a lot. Listen, you can find Lawrence over on his YouTube page, Lawrence Owen, or just search up Colts Law. You can find him on the Believe in Colts podcast, him and DeQuell Jackson, Jackson former uh, Pro Bowl uh defensive end linebacker there we go (laughs) i knew he was a pro bowler i knew he played for the colts uh you can get that on his youtube page or download the believe in colts podcast are you still doing the colts law podcast oh yeah oh absolutely uh every wednesday and friday night at uh uh 6 p.m is live on my channel so you can see that on his youtube channel you can also download the podcast mm-hmm. if you watch this live and you want to listen to it again when you drive to work tomorrow download it and wherever you get your podcast needs and keep an eye on deanblondell.com where the podcast should be up in the next few days you can also start finding my blogs there which i've pre-written a couple uh, my first two one is jonathan taylor has taken the crown from uh, Derek, yeah, Derek Henry. His name is Jonathan Taylor. I got that right. Uh, he's taking the crown from Derek Henry. And my second one is that Pat's Nation lives rent free in the Chiefs' kingdom. So uh, there we go. Uh, Lawrence, uh, you can find him uh, not till the summer months, but he's the caller, uh, the play-by-play or broadcast coordinator, whatever the fuck his title is. He's the voice of the Indy Express of the basketball league. So you can find him all over the place. Find and also follow him on Twitter at Colts underscore Law. Did I miss anything, Lawrence? Sounds great. Until then, guys, remember, this was Talking Football with Ray. And you're all legit, kid. Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak, covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody, so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. When you join the Ray Route Patreon page, you'll get four exclusive videos fueled by subjects that you give me every week. That's right. When you join and become a member of the Patreon page, you'll get five exclusive videos. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the live version of the podcast. But that's not all. Every second Friday, I host a Patreon hangout for all of the Patreon members. You have the opportunity to hang out on the screen with me and other Patreon members, chat about football, life, basically just friends chopping it up. We have visitors like Lawrence from Colts Law, Connor, 
hashtag that come over and hang out on the Patreon. I also don't believe in making huge money off of people or having different tiers or excluding people. I have one tier. It's $5. That's it. Everybody pays the same thing and everybody gets all of the content and all of the perks, including the link to our Discord page that's exclusive to the Patreon group where we are actively chatting about football. So don't wait any longer. Sign up for my Patreon page by clicking the link I've left in the description or go to www.patreon.com. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Come join our little community of football fans over on Patreon. Bye. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.